This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, hello, friends. This is Lindsay, your local late-blooming lesbian, and I'm here to talk to you about why it's important to be careful what you tell people at the start of a relationship. Okay, first of all, I want to do my usual disclaimer that I am not an expert on narcissistic abuse or mental health or anything like that. I am just coming at you with two and a half years of experience living with and having a relationship with an abusive, narcissistic person. So just a reminder to take everything I say with a grain of salt. Um, Don't make any like massive decisions based on something I say. And please remember that our experiences, our abusers, our own mental health um, situations are all going to be different. So if I say something that doesn't sound like you, that's okay. Everyone's going to be different. Okay. So last night I was having a conversation with someone about physical abuse and, you know, why we don't talk about it and why we tolerate so much more from women um, or why I did. Um, And I started to talk about how I had been physically abused by a man when I was 18 years old and it was, um, trigger warning, domestic violence, obviously. It was life, like I fought for my life in that experience and just absolutely horrible, like the worst things that someone can do to someone. And it's not something that I tell people off the bat. It's not something that I really talk about that much because it happened when I was 18. I'm now 34. Um, I spent most of my life pretending like it didn't happen or, you know, that I wasn't a victim or whatever, because I'm this like strong, like Enneagram seven, go getter, whatever. But that experience definitely set me up to tolerate a lot of abuse from my partner who was not a man. Um, Basically, when I met my my ex, uh, my abuser, early on in the relationship, you know, we were talking about our past, we were talking about different things, and I told the story of my abuse. And typically, when I feel really comfortable with someone or I'm starting a relationship with someone, um, I will tell them this because it's something that I do carry with me still. I am kind of a jumpy person. I don't really like to be outside at night. And now, of course, it's exacerbated because I've had this other experience with someone who was abusive. Um, And so I will share with them why I don't like, you know, I don't like to be rough. I don't like to be around handguns. I don't like to be around, um, you know, people who are people who are violent, period. Like, obviously, most of us, all of us don't really want to be around someone who's violent. Um, Also, I apologize. I am recording myself on my GoPro trying to see if that's going to work for an option for YouTube for me. And it's kind of awkward because I can't see myself. Like a lot of times when I'm making like content for Instagram, TikTok, whatever, I can see myself. So I'm just like making eye contact like that's my audience. And with the GoPro, it's just like a little box. So I'm kind of like looking all over the place, which typical ADHD. I have nowhere to look. Uh, I apologize if you're watching me on YouTube because you're going to be like, what's wrong with this person? Anyway, so I got down into like the deepest, darkest 
moments of that time in my life where I was actually literally fighting for my life. And first of all, mega red flag. My ex said, you know, first thing out of their mouth, well, what did you do? If someone says that to you when you're telling them about, you know, experience where you were abused, don't give them any more. Don't, don't just, you know, like don't explain to them what happened. Don't just be like red flag. There's something off here. This person doesn't understand that there's nothing you can do to ask for or deserve physical violence, sexual violence, anything like that. Right. So anyway, I just kind of was like, I'm sure I just was like, well, you know, startled by that response, but then went right back into it and explained it and you know, what have you. What happened was that within a month of that, um, storytelling, um, sharing of information, my ex signed up for a domestic violence training at a local women's shelter. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, wow, this person really wants to give back now that they know someone who's been in the situation. I'm sure they do. Right. Because most people, whether they know it or not, know someone who's been sexually assaulted, um, you know, experienced domestic and intimate partner violence, whatever you want to call it. It's just that people don't always talk about it. So you could be sitting there having coffee with a friend and maybe you don't know what they've gone through, right? A lot of us, like the numbers are staggering. I don't know them. I don't know the stats off the top of my head. But um, I was like, wow, they really care. They really want to understand me, where I'm coming from, you know, some of my um, struggles. And they want to give back. They want to volunteer. They want to answer phones for women who are in it struggling to get out, need support, need somewhere to go, need resources. Like that is commendable. I love this. And of course that kind of helped bond me to, to my abuser as well. And at that point in time, which is kind of, it's not funny. It's horrible looking back. Like my, my ex at that time had already laid their hands on me, um, had restrained me from leaving. Um, I've talked about this in another episode, but I tried to break up with them cause I didn't like how they were treating me. And they had already been physical with me. Um, So that aside, um, you know, they went to this training. They, you know, they were having like um, sessions where they would practice. You know, they would, you know, like, okay, role play. Here's this person. Here's me. I'm going to answer the phone, whatever. And they would come home and talk about it. And they would ask me like, how did you feel when this happened? And, you know, just like they were really trying to learn about me. They really cared about me. Well, now looking back, I've been out of this abusive relationship that I was in for two and a half years. Like I said, physical violence, emotional abuse, pretty much anything that a narcissist can throw at you, I experienced. Um, Man, I just got this shirt from Target and the tags are still on it. And okay, I'm just, (laughs) if you're listening on the podcast, you're like, what is this person doing? I get distracted very easily. Obviously, if you've uh, been watching my content for a while, you already know that. So anyway, been out of this relationship for um, since August of 2021, physically left the house that we lived in together in October of 2021, went no contact October 20th. So I'm about three and a half months no contact. I have been diving into books and YouTube videos and podcasts from people like Lee Hammock at Mental Healness and um, Lisa Sunny, Stronger Than Before, does a lot of work on trauma, uh, breaking the trauma bonds, Manjeet Rupai. Um, okay. My GoPro died. So that was just a little, you know, trial and error thing for me. So sorry, people listening on the podcast. Anyway, Manjeet Rupai, um, does a lot of great content as well on TikTok and Instagram and, um, has written a very good book called, 
something like surviving toxic and narcissistic relationships or something like that. I usually have the book nearby so I can reach for it. But all of these, you know, I've, like I said, I've been accessing all of this content, all of these books, all of these resources, and I have so much more information now, which is why I'm sharing with all of you. Because again, even though I'm not an expert, I am coming at you with like this lived experience. And again, I feel like it's very important to talk about violence and emotional abuse in queer relationships because it is prevalent and it's not talked about as much as um, abuse in general. Although even abuse in general is not talked about. It's frowned upon. If you come out with this information, people are like judging you saying, oh, it couldn't have been that bad because you stayed all of the invalidation, things like that. Like we know, you know, people don't come forward because it's scary. You don't think you're going to be believed. You think you're going to look crazy. It's embarrassing. Um, and I've talked about a lot of this in, you know, my other podcast episodes and other content that I've put out there. But anyway, now I am able to see um, I think it was learning that narcissists will go to therapy to learn how how you work, the inner workings, like how, like what makes you tick, things like that, so that they can control you better, so that they can look better in therapy sessions and things like that. And somewhere along the line, it dawned on me that a narcissist could also and may also um, go to a domestic violence training to understand again how you work and how to abuse you further. In my case, and last night again talking to this uh, friend that I had over was the first time that I realized the extent of what they had done. And it knowing what they knew about me and doing this domestic violence training allowed them to physically and emotionally abuse me to a lesser degree than this man had when I was 18 and get away with it. Because what would happen was, you know, they would tackle me, hold me down, yell at me, not allow me to leave, keep me from my son, but they weren't holding a gun to my head, choking me, causing me to black out, kicking me in my chest, putting cigarettes in my mouth and holding their hand over my mouth and trying to get me to swallow cigarettes and so on and so forth. They knew that this man had done all of these horrible things to me. So they would say, okay, that's like the worst degree of violence. I'm going to do these lesser things because Lindsay will tolerate it. Lindsay will rationalize that this wasn't so bad. And that went on for two and a half years sporadically, right? Um, most people who are physically abusive, okay, I don't know this. I'm saying this. I don't know statistics. There are probably people out there who physically abuse their, their partner, their child, their person every single day. And that is disgusting. And we're not going to get into that. Actually, we know there are, we know that that's true that some people do that, but I would say at least in, you know, in my experience, like you're not going to abuse that person every single day because they're probably not going to stick around. It has to be intermittent because then it confuses them. They convince themselves that, you know, you change, that person changed. They're not going to do it again. Oh, they were just, um, you know, they were just having a really hard time and they overreacted this one time. And that's what I did as well. I would say, you know, this person who is not a man, um, you know, didn't grow up in a family where they talked about feelings, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're afraid they're going to lose me, they're going to lose my son who they love, um, which ultimately they were just using as a pawn to keep me around. You know, these are things that I now know being removed from the situation. Um, so I just, I think it's really important to, I guess the whole point of this contact, sorry, (laughs) the whole point of this podcast is to say, you know, when you're getting to know someone, be careful with this 
vulnerable, raw information that you're healing. There are certain things that, you know, I think it's okay to be upfront with someone when you're meeting them. Like, Hey, I had this really hard relationship. I'm in therapy. I'm working through a lot. I would love to share this with you as we get to know each other, but obviously don't come off right, right off the bat and say, Hey, I was physically abused or my parent was horrible to me my whole life. Or, you know, I, whatever it might be, whatever that your, your most difficult struggles and most vulnerable struggles, keep those for later or just share little bits and pieces of it as you go. Um, and then of course we also know that a narcissist will give you their sob story of like their trauma right off the bat. So again, when you're getting to know someone, keep those heavy conversations for later on when you have built up some trust and you know you have seen okay i've got i've gotten so many green flags over these last couple of weeks or months that we're hanging out now i would like to sit down with you and share this really deep dark thing that happened to me in hopes that you can understand me better and support me as i continue my own healing versus being like hey so you just told me all of your trauma let me tell you all of mine this trauma dump right off the bat we a lot of times feel like we have to do you know, oh, like, oh, they're sharing. Now I'm going to share. Oh my goodness, we're connecting. This is love. This is fate. You know, the, the love bombing, the sob story, all of those things. Protect yourselves. Take it slow. Um, look out for those things. You know, if you tell someone, like, I don't know how many other people can relate to the fact that they came out with a DV story and then they're, you know, person that they were starting to date or whatever went to a training, you know, led you to believe that they were this, like, giving open-hearted person willing to learn wanting to give back trying to support you and then come to find out that they use it to be able to like physically abuse you for a really long time i don't know how many other people can be like yo that happened to me too but again take it slow look for those green flags look for that respect the boundaries being um respected um you know that person wants to take it slow as well watch out, watch out, just protect yourselves. That is all I wanted to come on here and say, be careful people. Um, and again, that episode did, um, contain graphic, um, domestic violence details. So if you were triggered in this, obviously I will be posting a trigger warning on this. Please take care of yourself. Do something really nice. Take a hot bath, drink lots of water, whatever your self-care looks like. Um, and, um, hang in there. Okay. That was rough. Like I said, self-care. I'm about to do some (laughs) myself. But again, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being so supportive and accepting to the content that I'm putting out into the world right now. If you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, all the things. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm working really hard to get this, the, the word out there about, you know, my experience hoping to reach as many people as possible who have experienced this kind of abuse, especially those in queer relationships, because again, it's not that talked about. Um, I am currently working on getting some other awesome queer content creators on the podcast to share their experience with abuse, both in heterosexual and queer relationships. So stay tuned for that. If you like my content and want to find more from me, you can always find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Lindsay Goodman. And you can find me at my website at thelindsaygoodman.com. Thank you so much, everyone, and I will see you soon.